0: This week on Geek Explained, the fourth installment of our January series of specials dives deep into the choppy waters of DC's resident King of the Oceans. No, not that poser Arthur Curry. I'm talking about Nanawe, aka King Shark! Welcome back to Geek Explained. I'm your host Eric Azana, and today's episode is part four of our January specials, diving into the comic book history of some of the most popular characters making their way into comics adaptations. So far, we covered Maya Lopez, aka Echo, to celebrate the release of her limited series on Disney Plus. We talked about Floyd Lawton, aka a dead shot we talked about harleen quinzel aka harley quinn and this week we are diving deep into the waters of the comic book history surrounding king shark now king shark is an interesting character and he was an odd choice for me when they announced the lineup for suicide squad kill the justice league releasing next month it's not sponsoring the podcast but i could totally sponsor the podcast if what's the to sponsor the podcast and I wasn't sure how I felt about the inclusion of King Shark as not just a member of the squad, but as one of the four main playable characters. But then they announced that he was being voiced by Samoa Joe, so I said, yeah, I'm in. And I am so excited to have King Shark in this game. I think he brings a certain dynamic to the game that would be missing if it was just, you know, human-esque characters. And I really do think he's going to be a breakout star of this game. His, his, he's been on the rise recently, uh, popping up in animated series, popping up in shows, popping up in movies. And I am very excited for people to fall in love with King Shark all over again when they play the game next month. But that being said, we got to talk about his comic book history because King Shark has a very odd comic book history. It, this one might have been the most difficult to do research for uh, just because his appearances are so scattered. They are so... Um, sparse that when he pops up he makes a big impact and then he's gone for like three years so this is probably gonna end up being the shortest of the character files from this month but uh it's a pretty good story and i' am very excited to uh to get into the comic book history of the nawe so without further ado let's go ahead and dive into the main event the main course the entree, if you will are you sick of me saying dive yet Yet, as I geek explain King Shark. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome you to a new and glorious era. For I am the one true king. <laughs> Intimidation is an unusual animal. It's a lot about body language and understanding the human psyche. Knowing that usually a direct stare will crush most human souls, and that's just the basic gist of it. The soul-crushing stare, the fatherly disappointment, mixed with a little bit of hate and rage, you're on your way. That is a direct quote from the king of television, the current AEW World Heavyweight Champion Samoa Joe, who also happens to be portraying the character of King Shark in next month's Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. It is only just a couple weeks away, Ah, or I guess it's next week. It's next week, as as you were listening to this, um, I'm really excited about this game, and I'm really excited about King Shark's uh, King Shark's inclusion in it. You know, I I mentioned at the top I wasn't sold on him, but after seeing exactly what he is uh, capable of and getting little snippets of Samoa Joe playing the character, I mean, I've been a huge wrestling fan for a very long time. You all know this. This isn't news to you. Having the announcement that he is playing this character made me very excited because I've been a huge fan of Joe's for a really long time. And any time you get to have two of my favorite uh, worlds colliding, it's just it's a good time and it makes Eric a happy boy. So we are just uh, just over a week away from seeing Nanawe enter into the video game spectrum, enter into the Arkhamverse as part of the main playable cast in Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, and I figured now is a perfect time to really get in-depth with the character history the comic book history of king shark aka nanawe now i mentioned before this is probably going to be the shortest of our episodes just because uh there's not a lot that king shark does he's been around for actually a pretty long time now that you know we are in the um we're in the 2020s um king shark is almost 30 years old he turns 30 this november which is you know it's a fact and i just have to um you know i just i just i just have to i have to face that and i need to i need to process this but i am very excited to talk about king shark this week and i'm excited to share his story with you so let's dive straight into the bullet points King Shark, a.k.a. Nanawe, first appeared in Superboy number 9, way back in November of 1994. That's right, like I said, he's turning 30 this year. Uh, He was created by Carl Kessel and Tom Grummet. His team affiliations include the Suicide Squad, obviously, the Secret Six, the Secret Society of Supervillains, and Nemo, more on that in just a bit. His powers and abilities include a unique physiology, as he is, a shark man. Uh, he is obviously um, a unique individual in the DC universe, uh, though not the only shark person in that uh, comic book realm. Uh, he has, of course, amphibious biology, claws, superhuman strength, superhuman stamina, and animal empathy. oh that just means that he is able to uh, deduce the thoughts and feelings of other animals usually specifically uh, marine life, aquatic life, though he has been known to uh, be able to suss that out with land animals as well from time to time. And that pretty much does it for the bullet points for him. So let's just move, let's just mosey right on over to his full comic book history. Now, Nanawe was born in Hawaii to uh, Priestess Kaikea, I know I said that incorrectly and I apologize, who bore him from a shark god there have been you know uh conflicting reports about certain you know things uh whether this shark god really is a shark god or whether he's just a big old shark that Got uh, got a little too far away from the water. But either way, this shark got abandoned his newborn child. And eventually, uh, Nanawe grew up and realized he was different from the other kids. And so he was uh, kind of shunned by his community. And while he eventually had to come to terms with the fact that he was a shark person... He was uh, maybe not given the best upbringing because he was aided by his mother very specifically to start hunting down, capturing, and eating people because that was the diet that he had grown accustomed to. And so he began doing this at a fairly young age and that grew into this kind of grift that he and his mother had been pulling on the islands of Hawaii. And eventually... He was captured by Agent Sam Makoa in a violent clash that ended up forever scarring Makoa and bore a heated resentment and a feud that would last for the rest of their lives. Uh, Eventually, after he was captured, he was freed by the Silicone Dragons, a local gang that was seeking to employ him for their own means. However, uh, Nanawe was not feeling this, so he slaughtered all of the gang members that had freed him and escaped. He made a bloody trail back to his home with his mother. Unfortunately, he was pursued by a rogue Superboy who had made Hawaii his home for a short time this is right after the reign of the Superman story and so Superboy's just kind of like traveling around dealing with Cadmus bullshit and at this point he was living in Hawaii so the two clashed Uh, Superboy put him down apprehended him, got him into custody, and it was here that Nanawe was drafted into Task Force X for the first time by Amanda Waller to battle the Silicon Dragons, the very same gang that originally freed him. Um, Following this, he would clash with Superboy a couple more times, but ultimately Superboy would best him every time, and so he eventually escaped into the ocean And made his way to the mainland, where he would be recruited into the Secret Society of Supervillains. Now, this was a group put together by, assuming, uh, Lex Luthor, who was later outed to be Alexander Luthor. Where he was uh, eventually defeated during the events of Identity Crisis. And after this, we jump one year Later. Now, One Year Later is a comic book initiative that DC would not dare to do nowadays. They tried to do this for Rebirth with Doomsday Clock, but, you know, delays and all that. I would love, just as an aside, I would love, since we've got time, uh, I would love to see DC try and pull off a One Year Later now. I think it would be fascinating because we not only got a big jump, big status quo changes for many different characters, but also we got the brilliance that is 52 in the aftermath of it. You get to kind of connect the dots and follow and trace back. It's the whole in-media-res thing that I love so much in film, and I would love to see DC do that, but they won't because they're cowards. That's not... I'm I'm not trying to be... I've just... If if you still want to sponsor the podcast, you can totally sponsor the podcast. You won't sponsor the podcast. But either way, one year later, Nanawe would become the caretaker for the new Aquaman, Arthur Joseph Curry. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, Eric, Arthur Curry is is already Aquaman. And to that, I would say, but is he? Uh, this Arthur Joseph Curry would eventually be revealed to be a completely different character from the original Arthur Curry that we wouldn't come to know as Aquaman. Um, this young Arthur, this young, hot Joseph curry um i think it's very funny they that they did this after marvel was like let's make a young hot magneto and name him joseph that dc went let's make a young hot aquaman and name him arthur joseph curry i think that's hilarious and i just realized that now as i'm recording this um as caretaker uh essentially arthur joseph curry was trying to figure out how to be aquaman he sought out king shark uh and made him his caretaker essentially went to him and was like mick you gotta train me and king shark was like you're a bum arthur and so the two of them joined up as a partnership during this partnership uh king shark would battle against superman and batman alongside arthur but ultimately he would relent and be a reluctant ally to these heroes even though they invaded his space and it is during this run that he would clash with the Order of the Thorny Crown. That's literally what they're called. Where uh, this was essentially like a cult trying to bring about Armageddon under the sea. It's it's a lot. They're, they're, the story is actually kind of interesting. Um, it's not an all-time Aquaman run. But, again, big King Shark involvement. So, uh, following this, uh, King Shark is very briefly recruited into the Secret Six for a Gotham City mission. And if you cast your minds back to the Secret Six that I talked about in the Deadshot episode, this Gotham mission did not go well for anyone. And it is during this failed Gotham mission when when they are ambushed by the Justice League and King Shark comes face-to-face with his original tormentor, superboy uh he ends up gaining the upper hand briefly but he is ultimately pummeled into the pavement by supergirl and he is taken into custody just in time for the new 52 i told you we're moving quick we are rolling in the new 52 following his capture he is tortured and brought into task force x by amanda waller he's forced onto this new suicide squad alongside deadshot harley quinn el diablo black spider and voltaic everyone's favorite suicide squatter voltaic Uh, this run would see him and the squad clashing with the basilisk organization which i've talked about before and it is during this run that he eats his teammate yo-yo yeah, he just he just eats him. Just straight up eats him. Uh, later on, he would eventually throw up Yo-Yo, who somehow was still alive. I guess he just one bite gulped him down. Um, but eventually, King Shark would betray the Suicide Squad and join the Crime Syndicate while they were amassing power during their invasion from Earth-3. However, he would be defeated by his former squad mates and brought back... Into the Fold. Uh, Eventually he would break free during the Rebirth Era. And join the Nautical Enforcement of Macrocosmic Order. Or NEMO as the acronym goes. I cannot believe this is a real organization of the DC Universe. Uh, But basically this was the Illuminati under the sea. They... Influenced world events from their seat of power, utilizing the Seven Oceans. And he was in the service of, basically, Cap- uh, Black Manta, who was heading the organization for a brief time before he was deposed. Uh, eventually, Nemo was exposed as an organization by Aquaman. And in response, uh, King Shark decided, you know what? Fine. You want to put a spotlight off so you could. Can- You want to put a spotlight on us? You can put a spotlight on me as I terrorize San Francisco. And so he does just that. Uh, He frees dozens of prisoners from Alcatraz, which I guess was still active in the mid-2010s of the DC Universe and transforms these escaped inmates into mutant sharks. Uh, It's during this time that he battles against a team that had just recently made their home in San Francisco. No, not the West Coast Avengers. No, not Daredevil. No, not the Superior Spider-Man. It's the Teen Titans who had made their way to the West Coast to try it out. Uh, They would battle against King Shark and his multiple mutant minion sharks that was a that was a tongue twister wasn't it uh but he is eventually defeated by the teen titans and driven away from california following this he decides to leave nemo behind and live as a peaceful nomad drifting from place to place however He is eventually captured by the Markovian military because they want to falsely try him for murder. They believe that, or at least they are trying to uh, let the courts believe, that he killed a prominent diplomat of Markovian descent. And so he is put on trial. The whole thing is a sham. It's a show to try and place the blame on him. But that is when... Wonder Woman intervenes. She arrives with her Lasso of Truth in tow, and she is able to determine King Shark's innocence using that lasso. Uh, He is subsequently released to Aquaman, who grants him citizenship in Atlantis, telling him, Buddy, it's time to come home. You've been away for far too long, and mind you, because this is both the New 52 and also Rebirth, uh, this... Aquaman is Arthur Curry, but not the Arthur Joseph Curry that King Shark spent time with. This is OG original Arthur Curry. So again, the the, the constant retcons of DC kind of mess with his continuity a little bit, but we do get to uh, enter into a really fun time for him where he immediately begins building a criminal empire in the lower levels of Atlantis. Uh, this is very much like a Bioshock rapture situation. He is the Frank Fontaine, the atlas of the lower levels of Atlantis, and it's a good look on him. I I like it. He's accruing power. He's building up his gangs. He's a mob boss. He's an underwater kingpin. It's great. And because Arthur is more concerned with the upper levels of Atlantis, Atlantis and essentially policing the, you know, three quarters of the Earth, he doesn't bother him. It's a very delicate ecosystem. But of course, every delicate ecosystem has to deal with a little bit of a shakeup. And the biggest shakeup possible happens when Aquaman is usurped as ruler of Atlantis by Coram Wrath. Who rules as a tyrant and immediately begins initiating turf wars, uh, muscling in on King Shark's turf. And so he has to battle against other crime bosses, against uh, Corum Wrath's tyrannical rule, and he begins gathering power so that he can eventually rebel he's later confronted by aquaman in an effort in his own effort to gather allies against wrath the two disagree on a lot they've got a sorted history of course most of it is just spoken about but we see that initially Nanawe says i ain't helping you i've got my own stuff to deal with you can get out of here but he ultimately does join with Aquaman in the big old battle, leading his forces against Wrath alongside Arthur, and frees Atlantis. Of course, the two have their disagreements, and King Shark ultimately does have to leave Atlantis, but that gives him opportunities to uh, tell more stories with more characters. Which brings us to today! Right now, as you are listening to this, this brings you to his current solo series. And I say current. uh, It was a solo series in 2021. That was digital first. But it is a wonderful series, and it's everything you need to know before you get there. And I am going to talk about the series in the recommended reading. Now, this list is... I mean, more or less, if you read this, it's everything he's appeared in, except for, like, his early, like, Superboy stuff, but... These are the major points that I would recommend to read if you're interested in learning more about King Shark or you just want to, you know, kind of go in depth on some of the stuff we talked about in today's episode. Uh, The first one is Aquaman Sword of Atlantis. You won't hear me recommending that series very often, but this time is uh, a unique situation. Uh this was the Aquaman sort of Atlantis 2006 series. Uh specifically issues 40 through 57. This is the one year later stuff uh where he teams up with Arthur Joseph. I can't believe it's not Magneto Curry. And this series written by Kurt Busiak with art by Jackson Geis uh is his first big team up with Aquaman, the two working together to try and figure out this new status quo. I'd also recommend Suicide Squad, the 2011 series. The New 52 series was kind to King Shark, of all people. Uh, I'd specifically recommend issues 1 through 23. The story kind of goes off the rails from there. Uh, this is written by Adam Glass and Alice Cott. I know I probably said that incorrectly, and I apologize. Uh, and features art by Federico Delocchio, uh Fernando Dagnino, and Henrik Johnson. This is where... Shark officially joins the Suicide Squad. This is also where he eats Yo-Yo. It's a fun time. Fun was had by all. I would also recommend *Underworld*. This is the 2016 Aquaman series, issues 25 through 38, written by Dan Abnett with art by Stepan Sejic. Uh, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. If I didn't, I apologize. Uh, Ricardo Federici and Sunny Go. This is where he becomes King Pin Shark in Atlantis. You see what I did there? The Kingpin. The King Shark. It's the it, you get it. Uh I really again I love having crime boss King Shark. He doesn't often get to deal with organized crime because of who he is. And so putting him in that situation and allowing him to have that kind of um that kind of dynamic was really, really cool. And it was it ended up being a really good shakeup for him. Uh, and finally, I'd recommend Power Grab. This is the solo series that I mentioned. Uh, this is Suicide Squad King Shark, the 2021 series, issues 1 through 12, written by Tim Seeley, with art by Scott Collins, one of our big favorites on the Geek Explained book club. Uh, this is his most recent story, the most recent story he starred in. Um, and before you get on me, no, he was not in Bad Blood. That is a different shark person, who also looks like King Shark, but is... Very specifically, not King Shark. Uh, That's not him. It looks like him. It's not him. This is the series that he most recently popped up in. And he teams up with one of my favorites, Sean Sang, a.k.a. the Defacer. It's the two of them teaming up. I I love this. The main premise of this is the two of them team up. They break out of prison so that he can attend a tournament to decide the the next King Shark, essentially. So you know me. I, you know I love Defacer. You know I love tournament stories. This one was a sleeper hit for me. I love this story. If you read any of these, uh, I mean, obviously... Read all of them, because they're very short. But read Suicide Squad King Shark. It's only 12 issues, and because it was digital first, the issues are truncated. So really, it's only six issues. But it's wonderful. Absolutely would recommend you going and checking that out. Uh, Honorable mentions are both non-comic book uh pieces first off the harley quinn animated series on hbo max he's uh, voiced by ron funches he is incredible one of the best characters in the show and also the suicide squad the 2021 film where he's voiced by sylvester stallone i don't know if you knew that i completely forgot and i think that's the silliest thing every single time i watch the film but that pretty much does it for the comic book history of King Shark. Again, not a lot to go off of. He burns bright and then kind of like fades to the background for a little bit, and then pops back up again, and then fades away. It's almost like if 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 I had to think of a musical tune that would go along kind of the rhythm of his comic book appearances, it would be like da da. Da-da. you know with long breaks in the middle until you know he gets to underworld he's slowly popping up. He's like dun 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 and then we get to suicide quad king shark and it's da-da! it's i mean i just came up with it you like that I, I just came up with that today uh king shark has not had the greatest run in comic books but Anytime he pops up, it's always a fun time. He's always got something to say. He always brings a unique perspective due to both his state in the world as well as his upbringing and I'm really excited to see him again voiced by one of my favorite wrestlers Samoa Joe pop up in Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League it looks like it's going to be a kind of blend of Comic Shark and uh, the Suicide Squad version they're going very Drax he's very Drax coded which I do dig Um, but I'm excited to see where his story goes in the game Uh, he is a character of I mean, few words, few appearances, but anytime he does show up, it's a good time. So if I had to sum up the thesis statement for King Shark in a single sentence, it would be King Shark is a shark. And that is going to bring us to the wrap-up. If this is the first time you're joining us on the Geeksplain podcast and you like what I do here, feel free to subscribe to us on the podcasting platform of your choice and give us a rating and review. We drop new episodes every single Wednesday, and honestly, ratings, reviews, and subscriptions really do help me and the podcast out in this weird podcasting algorithm space. Raises up our stock and gets us out and into the orbit of listeners just like you. And if you give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it i will read your review here live on the podcast you can write anything you want i will be forced to read every single word as long as you give me those five stars the sky's the limit on what you can write and you'll be able to join the likes of our terrific 21 i want to say a huge thank you to those fine folks for their reviews and i cannot wait to hear yours if you want to be part of the Explained mailbag send your emails to geekexplained@gmail.com. at gmail.com put mailbag in the subject header and i will read it here on the wednesday show if you'd like to keep up to date with the podcast participate in polls that decide future episodes get first notification for announcements regarding the show or maybe you just want to shoot the shit with me on the latest geeky news and it's 2024 there's going to be a lot of it feel free to follow us on instagram and twitter at geeksplained pod that's at Explained pod as i continue to try to get better at twitter and for as long as twitter or as i continue to try to get Better at Instagram. See, there we go. And as uh, long as Twitter, I'm not calling it X, is around four. That would be the place to do it. And finally, this Friday and almost every single Friday is the Geeksplain Book Club, where I, alongside my good brothers, Malcolm Russell Nelson and Jacob Brown, are currently going through Jonathan Hickman's ultimate universe. Uh, This has been a really fun time. Uh, Going through Jonathan Hickman's new vision for Earth-6160 has been a blast. Uh, We've covered both the four-issue miniseries, Ultimate Invasion, as well as last week we covered Ultimate Universe. And this Friday, this whole month, has led up to this, Ultimate Spider-Man number one. We are DRIVING INTO IT, WE'RE GOING TO GO PAGE BY PAGE, I AM VERY EXCITED TO GO THROUGH THIS ISSUE WITH THEM, AND WE'RE EXCITED TO GO THROUGH THIS ISSUE WITH YOU, SO JOIN US, WON'T YOU, THIS FRIDAY AND EVERY FRIDAY IN THE explained BOOK CLUB. ULTIMATE FRIDAYS ARE A THING, SO BE THERE OR BE SQUARE, NOT A CIRCLE. THAT IS GOING TO DO IT FOR THIS WEEK'S EPISODE, AND IF YOU'VE BEEN PAYING ATTENTION, I MEAN, YOU KNOW THAT NEXT WEEK, SUICIDE SQUAD KILLED THE JUSTICE LEAGUE drops. Which also means that we've got one more episode to go. And it's the episode I've been waiting for. We have had Deadshot. We have had Harley Quinn. We have now had King Shark, which means there's one boomerang slinging mate left next week! Finally. Finally. We are going to Get into the nitty gritty of the comic book history of one of my favorite characters of all time as I geek explain Captain Boomerang. Join me for that next week, same geek time, same geek channel. I am going to be a menace next week. Uh, but. For now, for the Geek Explained podcast, I've been Eric Azana. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody stay safe, and we will see you next time.